Hey, it's live. And this is Facebook Live. I'm here to answer questions about anything to do with Kuyu, hunting, conservation, product remake. And this is a unique platform for me. I love to have you know direct connection with our customers. And it's the way we've always built this company, being transparent, open, and honest, communicating with you guys. And wanted to use Facebook Live to open up this and give us direct connection. And we're going to try to do this once a month. So uh, this is the first run at it. And I look forward to uh, answering any questions you guys may have. And just want to say thanks for your support. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure when you guys take time to, to listen to what I have to say. So th thank you so much. So I've got a list of questions that have come in, and I'm going to start on those. And then, again, type your questions in, and, and I will do my best to answer them on a, on a timely basis. So let's get to the first one here. We've got a guy, um, Matthew Peterson. And this question's come up a bunch, and I get it, because it's a hot topic right now for conservation and hunting. And that's... Uh, what has Kuyu and Jason Harrison done to protect uh, public lands? And we do a lot for conservation. And I've done it from before I got into this industry with Sitka, obviously the days at Sitka, and, and now with Kuyu, as far as donating money, donating time. I've sat on conservation boards, uh, California Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, for two years. We've also uh, been very active as far as financial support for the organizations. Don again, donating product, donating money, and donating time. And as far as the as far as the public land issue, we're adamantly against privatization of public lands. I have a, uh, a relationship now with the new Department of Interior, uh, Zinke, who was just appointed, and going to be working with him directly on uh, the issues that we face as hunting and, and public lands is one of them. And I've, I've had a uh, the chance to actually sit down with him and talk about his viewpoint on public land. And he's adamantly against it as well. And so that's our viewpoint um, and my perspective on it. And we're doing a lot to, to create awareness and a lot to work with the Department of Interior to make sure we keep these uh, public lands public. Because it's how I got into hunting, spent tons of time on it, and still do hunt a lot of public lands, and they're important for all of us. So I'm going to go on to the next question. I hope that answers your question. Uh, let's see, KW Pain 11, any plans for a wider variety of solid colors across the clothing line, specifically Tiburon? I wear it every day if I had more colors. And yes, we do. In fact, you'll see a wider range of colors happening in most of our products this year. A lot of new colors, too. In the past, we've grown so quickly, and inventory dollars have had to been allocated towards the things that sell and have sold uh, the well sold well and the stuff that was really difficult for us to keep in stock and that's been camo um, As we've gotten bigger and we've gotten better in our inventory positions We were going to start spending more money and offering a wider range of solids across everything that we do make So you'll start to see those coming in and specifically uh, Tiburon this summer this spring and summer and Across all of our product lines throughout this year. So looking forward to getting those out. You guys are going to love them Let's see I didn't read all the, oh, this is coming from Untame Outdoors, NW. I didn't read all the comments, but what about merino wool underwear? Boxers, I'm assuming, is what he's talking about. You know, we, I've tested merino wool underwear um, over the years, and I don't know if you're familiar with how that fiber works, but it's a hydrophilic fiber. It pulls moisture into merino wool. It's how it, it keeps, your, uh, keeps you warm when it's wet is the fact that it's moving moisture off your skin into the fiber. 
one of the challenges I've had and others have had with Marina Wool, when you're spending a lot of days in the mountains or you're doing a lot of hiking in the mountains and you're, you're generating a lot of sweat, that moisture gets trapped in the Marina Wool. It takes a long time to dry. And that moisture can create irritation uh, of your skin. And next to, next to your skin in the areas that a boxer would hit, it creates a, a really significant rash and chafing. And it's why we haven't developed a Marina Wool uh, boxer short is because of those issues where a synthetic that is hydrophobic and, and dries really quickly works better for those situations and for the, the type of use that we that we develop our gear for, which is big expedition mountain hunts up north. Plus the durability there on a marina wool just is tough. That fiber is not that durable. And so you have a tendency to go through marina wool boxers um, pretty quickly. So those are two reasons why we haven't done it, <clears throat> because it's not the perfect material for that, for that uh, type of product, in my opinion. It's a great question. Let's see here. Brett Crawford. Why haven't other companies such as Numa and Catalyst, there are others, found the same level of success as Kuyu while promoting the consumer direct business model? That's a really good business question. And I've, I don't know Catalyst as much as I've seen Numa and I've, I've listened to some of their videos and how they present their brand. And, you know, the consumer direct business model is, is an interesting phenomenon. And I think um, the reason why Kuz had such success is by engaging that customer very early on and talking to them about products that they like to see developed, how they like to see developed, educating them and listening to them and having a really tight, close connection. At least for me, that's been, and days like today, we're going to talk to you live and answer these types of questions. It's that interaction, I think, that makes Kuyu a little bit different than most consumer direct brands. And we've also, I've also used this platform and created this platform so I could have no restrictions on the products I can make, fabrics and materials I could work with, and the factories that can cut and sew us. Because those limitations are there if I sold this product into retail, or prices would be double of what they are today. And because I have no restrictions, because I can work with the best of the best, being totally transparent about that process and who we use and what makes our stuff and why it's different and why it's better, um, it's created a ton of trust with our customer base. And it's that trust that has allowed us to grow. And then the products, when they do deliver, um, have a, you know, outperform, I think, most people's expectations because nobody has ever worn Japanese technical fabrics like we've presented and introduced to the marketplace. No one's introduced carbon fiber backpack frames. And so our product over-delivers, I think, a lot of expectations and creates a really remarkable experience for our customers. And our customers have grown this brand, not marketing. Our product has delivered and they've told people about it because of how much better it is. And that's, I think, the nuance of what's made Kuyu uh, grow so quickly. The other thing is we're first. And there's a big, big uh, important thing with business. When you are first in the market, uh, either with a business model or a product, um, it's hard to be second. It's hard to be a follower. You're always judged against it. Um, and I think those are a couple of the big reasons. And I think messaging around Numa that I've seen is a little bit um, hard to understand as far as who that customer is and the products they make and why it's different and why it's remarkable. Um, I think those are some of the challenges that we all face in business is how do you connect with that customer and build that trust. And that's a great question. So, um, Stole 5, any plans for a Whitetail Focus Series? With the thought that you guys put everything into what you produce, I think you could take the Whitetail game by storm. This comes from Stole 5. I have no doubt that we could create an amazing product line for whitetails. Problem is, I've never ever heard of whitetails, and 
Uh, my dream is the mountains, the products we make are for these big expedition hunts. And that's my focus, my love, my passion. And if I was going to go into building product for the whitetail market, I'd be doing it because I was trying to make money. And I never got into this business to make money. I got in this business to solve problems for the hunts that I love and the places I go and the things I get to experience. And I don't have anything against whitetail hunting. I've just never done it. So I don't know how I can make product for the whitetail market if I have never done it. And Again, I'd be doing it for money, and that's not why I got into this business. I got into it for the love of the mountains and products solving those problems and for those customers that are also facing those same type of problems. So it's a great question. Again, other questions about waterfowl. I do hunt ducks. It's not my passion, and it's why we probably won't go into waterfowl um, with Kuyu brand because, again, it, my focus is on solving problems with, with technical fabrics and materials for those really tough conditions that we experience on sheep hunts? That's a good question because we get it all the time. Uh, let's see, let's get another good one here. So Dylan Tice, could you cover what food you take and how you pack it on long backpack hunting trips? So I don't, that's a great question, Dylan. There's a video, um, I think I've done a couple of them now on, on food that's on our YouTube channel or you can find on our site. Um, and I really, uh, Food is a, is a big deal for me on backpack hunts. It's, it's the heaviest, um, heaviest item you're going to put in on a, like a 10-day hunt. Uh, and so few people talk about it and how to look at it. And I break it all the way down to calories per ounce of the food I put into my backpack and try to get really high fat content products and products that have a high calorie per ounce ratio. So... Uh, you know, that range between 100 calories per ounce to 180 calorie, calories per ounce, which is almonds, which is the highest calorie per ounce food out there. And then um, with the goal to have about two pounds of food per day on a hunt and having calorie count range between 3,500 to 4,200 calorie, calories per day is what I shoot for. You're going to be in a calorie deficit on the type of trips that I go on, but um, I found that that kind of range of, of calories gets you through and has you feeling good and performing well on the mountains. Um, again, I would go back and check our videos and I have a whole breakdown of it. And it's, I think it'd be really insightful for you asking those questions. So good ones. Mark Swallow. No, Mark. How you doing, Mark? Uh, will the youth line be available before 2017 hunting season? And unfortunately, Mark, it's not timing wise. Uh, with production, the soonest we'll be able to get it out is around November timeframe for the holiday season this year. And we'll be introducing three styles of apparel during the holiday season, and the rest of the collection will come in shortly after. So that's the timing on it. It turned out beautifully. My son's been testing it, and there'll be more information coming on that soon. Uh, let's see. Mark's got one other question that would be a good one to answer because it's come up a bit, and that's what's the outline for the world tour looking like? Will we be able to buy clothing and gear on site or to have to order online? Will there be any incentive to wait and buy at the tour? Uh, so we've talked a little bit about it. There'll be more information coming about what we're doing with the, with the Kuyu World Tour. It's going to be a large semi-truck that goes on the road and hits. it's going to hit between 27 and 30 cities starting, I think, our first. We launch it here in Dixon at the headquarters around the 20th of May. And it'll be running through the summer and fall. 
and it'll be a 900 square foot mobile showroom. People to come in, try on product, and we will be taking orders there like we do at the trade shows. To manage inventory to carry out of that is just too challenging with the amount of styles and SKUs that we sell. But it'll give everybody a chance to, to touch it, feel it, try it on. We will have uh, promotion like we do at the trade shows for ordering at the truck. And we're holding events and clinics and uh, also be featuring some of the films from our uh, film festival this spring. So it'll be a great opportunity to be around like-minded people with Kuyu and really taking the product further out to the customers that haven't had a chance to touch it, feel it, and try it on. So I'm really excited about this. And the trucks looks absolutely unbelievable. There'll be more information coming out soon. So Jamie22, this is a great one to ask because it comes up all the time. Does Kuyu plan on creating a woman's line? If so, is there estimate, estimated time on when it will be starting to be introduced? And I've done a ton of research on the women's market and women's hunting apparel for the type of category of apparel that we make. And I've talked to others that, have, that are producing product in, that, in, in this market for women. I've also talked to buyers from the retail stores that sell women's product. And I just, have a, we, I just haven't found that there's enough data to support us going into a full-blown women's line at this point. For us to carry a women's line and the amount of SKUs, the amount of fits and styles, um, it's a big undertaking and it's a big financial investment. And I haven't been able to um, justify doing that by, on the research and data I've been able to receive on the size of the women's market that we would fit into because we're pretty niche. We're not just a general hunting product line. So until that changes and I can get better information on, on that there is enough demand for our product to, to take that investment to help us grow and to bring in the women's, at this point I'm, I'm holding off. So if there's anyone that has more insight on that, I'd love to hear from you. Taylor Albertson, do you foresee another camo design in the future? I feel like Vias and First Light are all popular because the pattern is not digital. There are too many digital camo patterns amongst several other competing brands, and it looks more, mil mil mili more military than a hunting line. They're also starting to blend together in design. Any chance you'll come up with a non-digital pattern like Vias? I don't know if you've seen Verde 2.0, but it is not digital. Uh, those shapes are larger, they're rounded corners and formats, and we've gone away from the digital look on, on Verde 2.0. Um, that's kind of one reason I agree with you. There's a lot of digital that's become popular. Also, in, we're always looking and evaluating, trying to improve our products, and felt like this new version of Verde 2 um, really was a, a nice step forward as far as advancement with that camo pattern, and the range of conditions that pat camo pattern now works in uh, versus the old Verde, uh, original Verde pattern. So um, take a look at that if you haven't seen it, and it certainly is not not a digital pattern. <laughs> this one's funny. Where, where's Travis? Is there any chance that Jason Harrison would choose me to go on a hunting trip with him? <laughs> maybe send in your resume. We can maybe figure something out. Uh, I, pre I appreciate you asking. Uh, Pacific Dawn Sport Fishing. Do you have any fishing apparel line in the plans? And we, I, I don't. Uh, again, it's kind of like whitetail or waterfowl, some of these other ancillary markets. Could we build, produce great product in? I'm certainly we could for money, but it's not the reason why I do Kuyu. And But I will tell you, you should look at like the Tiburon shirts, the shorts, um, all of our base layers. All of it's fantastic for fishing. And because of how it's built and the performance level we have to have in it for expedition hunts up north, it would, it would 
really performed really well for fishing. So you might want to take a look at those as options. Let's see. Adam C. Brennan. I see an industry swing towards very stiff boots. Does Kuyu have a plan for a light boot? At close range and in any country, all these heavy boots are so loud. So I don't know if the, you read an article. The article just released, I think it was yesterday, the day before, an outside magazine online about our new boot collection. And we've got a range of three boots. Uh, we've got one that's very, very stiff for heavy loads in the mountains and for guides and hunting up north. We've got one that kind of sits in the middle as far as stiffness. And then we're introducing a boot that I think will fit what you're talking about called the Revolution that comes out next month. And that's got a really uh, a much softer, more flexible midsole. And, and for guys that aren't used to the stiff boot or want something a little bit more quiet, uh, that's going to be a great choice. It's got a soft fit. It's all synthetic. It's really light. It breathes really well. And that's the boot I'd recommend. I think it would fit exactly what you're looking for. It's a great question. We've heard that a bit. So Yukon Kid 17 what about a jacket for glassing in wind and snow, similar to Sika's incinerator? So if I... Remember, right, the Sick Incinerator is a whitetail product um, made really for sitting in tree stands. It's got a really heavy, fleecy outer and a bunch of down. Um, we have developed a Super Down Pro jacket, which has got twice the amount of down as our Super, Super Down jacket. It's built a little bit bigger to go over all your gear and a pant that goes along with it. And it's got a bit, a bit more durable um, outer fabric. And then in the high abrasion areas, even a higher denier fabric uh, to keep that pant in, on the pant to keep from uh, abrasion and tears. And I think that's exactly what you're asking for. Uh, the great thing about the Superdown Pro Jacket, I mean, it's a fraction of the weight of the incinerator. It packs down small, and we use a much higher grade down than Sitka does. Ours is all 850 plus fill, and it's also treated with uh, quick stone, so it makes it absolutely waterproof. I mean, we use only, you know, the finest materials and certainly a different mix of product materials that Sika uses for the incinerator, even though theirs cost so much more than ours does. Sam Thomas. This is a good one. Great question, Sam. Do you plan to make or assemble any of your products in the USA? And I'm hearing that a lot, especially with my relationship with, with uh, the Trumps and supporting you know, the, the Trump campaign. And I would love to make our products in the United States. I really would. Um, certainly, we have a business model that could do that. The challenge we have is the facilities don't exist. And as much as I want to bring it here, if I could bring it here, uh, we don't have the production facilities. We don't have the technical set, cut and sew equipment machines that we use. To f the way we do flat lock stitching, the way we do uh, gluing, welding, seam taping, they don't exist, unfortunately, in the United States. All of it's overseas because that's where production is based now for everybody. And so as much as I want to bring it here, um, it would be a challenge too because there's just not the, the facilities here to do it or the capacity to keep up with the demand that we have here in the, the, at Kuyu. Um, until that changes, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I mean, we do produce what we can here, which is our carbon fiber frame. I could produce it overseas and save money, but I choose to keep it here because the facility here can keep up with capacity and has a skilled labor to do so. And so that's, and, and that's just an example of I will produce it here if it's possible. The rest of our product line, unfortunately, can't be produced domestically. Let's see. What other questions would be coming in here? So, Nick Loudermilk, when will you be releasing the new tactical line that will be that is being developed for DevGrew? I read in 2017, I'm in the market to buy a complete new set of camo. I was going to buy a Verde 2.0, but I want to wait to pull the trigger until I see the new line. 
Uh, it's a good question. We are developing the, developing this this new line for those guys, the new kit line. I don't think you should wait because this is designed really specifically for what they do, and it's a little bit different than uh, the products we produce uh, for hunting. Pants, kind of some similar feature sets, but as far as the shirts and everything we build, it's all built and designed around their kits and the specific uses these guys need and solving problems through material design that they haven't had solved before. Uh, I wouldn't recommend, again, I wouldn't recommend waiting to buy a product to see what comes out for those guys because it's going to be really specific to their use. So Brian Smithson, are there any plans for a tent with a stove jack? So great question. I don't know if you've been on to Giru. If you haven't, go check out Giru.com. And it's a platform we use now to involve the customer to help us finalize designs and concepts and ideas and get input and feedback on it. Uh, and we've developed a shelter on there, and during that development process, we get a ton of comments about wanting the shelter and how they want to design, and most people wanted the stove jack in it. So we have gone back, we're working on the stove jack uh, to be able to put into that shelter, and once that's finalized, we've been putting it out on Guru for, uh, for funding, and you can actually pre-purchase it on Guru, and that will have a stove jack in it, and you can order that with a floor, you can order it with a floor and a bug net, um, and so you have a lot of different configurations, and, and you should take a look at it. It, it, it has turned out really nice. Others about public lands. So Scott West, five four seventy. What is the next big thing for Kuyu that you're excited about or dreaming about? I love you guys and gals. Thanks. I love you too. Uh, we're always thinking about solving problems through materials, designs, technology. Uh, a lot of the things that we are working on um, or will be working on are identified either through a new material, um, a new concept, a new idea, um, information that comes back from our customers on ideas and how to improve something we currently have or to solve a problem for them that we currently aren't addressing. Um, you're going to, you know, I can't tell you all the things that we're working on because we have a lot in the pipe or what I'm excited about. Um, but we're always trying to focus on reducing weight without giving up performance through technology designs you're probably aware of. And there's some really interesting new materials we're looking at here at Kuyu and testing. And those will, once we get kind of through those, those materials designs and testing, you know, we take them to market that we need to improve upon uh, for those later season hunts and colder conditions. We're working on some new boots for that as well with Scarpa. Um, and we'll be kind of testing this new cold weather stuff through, uh, through the wintertime this year, and there'll be more information about that as, as we vet the products. So this is a good one. Uh, this is coming out of Europe from Woodyera. <laughs> if I pronounce it, pronounce it wrong, so I apologize. But it's W-I-D-E-R-A. And when will Kuyu online shop be available in Europe? And our plans is to have that available this spring. And uh, we're looking in the May-June timeframe. Not only do we have your ability to purchase product on, off of a European-based website and in your own currency, but we're also going to have expedited shipping. You'll be able to order product and receive it within five days in Europe. And I know that in the past has been a challenge. It's taken a month. You've got customs and duties on top of that. All of that will be included in advance. And you also have localized returns. So you'll be able to try stuff on. If it doesn't fit right, return it to a local address. We'll ship another one. It'll be there in five days. So it's going to really streamline the process for Europe and for Canada. And that will all be taking place uh, later this spring. Um, we're hoping that May, June timeframe. So take a look for that.
So last, let's get to the last question here. And Montana Exeter, any development plans for additional pouches on your binocular harness? Specifically a fit, specifically to fit rangefinder size equipment that can be adapted to fit on either the side of the bino case um, for left or right-handed persons. Uh, we, we have, and I, I've posted some information up about some of the developments we've had and they've been on my Instagram. There'll be more information coming about that. We do have a rangefinder pouch camera pouch at all is adaptable to our bino harness system and those products will be released later this spring and there'll be a lot more information to come on those and just keep checking back with Koo and you'll look you'll see announcements either on through social media or newsletters or on the website and I think you're really gonna like what we put together because they're fantastic I tested them uh, the last couple of years we've finalized the product on these things so um, all right we're gonna wrap it up so we're going to do this again next month. So think of the questions that I didn't get answered. Um, please send them in. And I look forward to hearing uh, the questions you guys might have and getting those things answered for you. Again, I appreciate your time and I appreciate your interest in what we're doing here at KU.